and I just really appreciate that we have that relationship where I couldn't find the words. I couldn't find the words this morning, but I could tell you that I needed a hug, and just having that embrace and then being able to talk to you guys afterwards. Yeah. Like, I needed that when I was 10, and I needed at, I needed at 32 sometimes too. Welcome, family, to the Bacon Bits Podcast, where we immediately want you to apply the bits of information to your life. The ground rules for our podcast is that it will always be encouraging, uplifting, and informative. The areas of life that we will be talking about on the Bacon Bits Podcast is having a balanced life, whether that's spiritual, mental, physical, relational, or financial. And you know it's these five words I want to hear you say them out loud. Please say valuable. Information applied equals success. And I have on the podcast today one of the greatest stars of all times. My first one, okay, the one that was the apple of my eye, the one that broke me down from being super selfish bastard to the great awesome man that I am today. It is no one other than my wonderful oldest daughter, Sierra Valencia bacon hi darling hey dad thanks for having me on <laughs> ah thanks for coming on girl so i love 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 this topic uh coming up on this will be coming up on father's day and i'm super grateful to have become a dad to the wonderful children i've been blessed with uh and i wanted to share that love uh with other brothers so they can understand that man being a dad is one of the most important jobs you will ever have on this planet I am so grateful for this privilege that God seen you fit to let me be a dad. So I am grateful that my baby is on this podcast with me. So, uh, first thing I want to say is I knew since I was six years old that I wanted to be a dad. And I know that's crazy to say that, but I always knew because of how my dad was to me and was never there. I said, whenever I have my kids, man, I'm going to be there for my babies no matter what. So I was super excited with the thought of knowing that, man, when I found out that I was going to be having a baby, okay, uh, first of all, I was tripping. <laughs> Your boy panicked. Uh, the thoughts that went through my mind is, unfortunately, the thoughts that most guys be having. Okay, uh, abortion came across my mind, and I was like, no, nah, we didn't already had this discussion with yourself that, you know, you want to be a great dad. So that's, that's out the picture. So then it was just a matter of fact of how are we going to do this? So it, it was uh, an amazing time uh, with her mom to know that we're going to have uh, a beautiful baby girl and to know that this is going to just totally radically change my life forever. But it, it was it was a, it was uh, nerve wracking. It was uh, uh, challenging. Uh, and it had nothing to do with her. It was all of the battles that I was dealing with in myself. But when I first laid eyes on her, I knew that everything was going to be all right. And I was going to get a chance to be the very thing that I knew I was going to be. So I just wanted to ask my baby girl, you know, uh, how does it feel having me as your dad? Oh, let me grab a tissue because <laughs> I love you so much. I'm I'm so grateful that you're my dad. Um just like you're thankful that 
God gave you me. I'm thankful that yeah. God gave me you. Um, and that's one of the things that I'm most thankful for is not only that you're my dad, but that, uh, is my voice cracking, <laughs> but that you've given me a, you've given me a solid foundation by giving, helping me to find my relationship with God. And I feel like that's one of the greatest gifts that you've given me because it has helped me figure out who I am and what my values are and my morals. And so it's one of those things where even after you leave me, um, it's something that'll always stick with me. So I'm, I'm really grateful uh, for you just introducing me to faith and you know bringing me to church and, and all that stuff. So um, I also love that we have such a good relationship and yeah. I love that you've always been an intentional dad and I didn't really notice that till I got older and had friends who didn't necessarily have the same type of relationships with their father that I had with you. So I think it really molded how I looked at myself and how I entered relationships. And also, um, I just, I felt like I really did not seek the attention of men because I had such a great dad and, oh, okay. I, we're going to have to re-record this because I'm going to start crying, but, um, Just the things that you did when we were little, like going on daddy-daughter dates, yes. really um, gave me like a sense of self-worth. So when it came time to date as I was an adult, I, there was already a standard, you know, like, so I, I knew what I was worth and from going to church and knowing that I'm fearfully and wonderfully made, as well as having a dad who, you know, kind of, you know, put me on a pedestal and made me feel mm -hmm. like I was smart and beautiful and capable of doing anything um I'm, I'm thankful for that there's a even times ooh. <laughs> there's even times as an adult where i'll maybe speak negatively to myself because i've made a mistake or like didn't do something and let myself down mm -hmm. and i have memories of being little and making little kid mistakes and telling myself, oh, like, I'm so stupid, or like, oh, I shouldn't have done that, I'm so stupid, and I remember you always correcting me <laughs> and being like, don't ever talk to yourself like that, ever since I was a little kid, and I think I just appreciate how much you took the time to make sure that I knew that I was fearfully and wonderfully made and didn't need the approval of anybody else, that I just needed to be right with me and right with God. So yeah. thank you for for instilling that in me. Amen. Yeah. Well, you can tell, ladies and gentlemen, this is going to be a long crying. <laughs> snot we got to record all that. <laughs> snot running, tears flowing episode. So just be prepared. Uh, hopefully, you get your tissues and pull them and pull over to the side of the road because you might get a little misty eyed. <laughs> but it was just another thing that was crazy. And, you know, this is one of them things that might be eye opening to you. But uh, being a dad at the beginning, it was crazy because, uh, you know, it's one thing to do something on the outside, but you have an ulterior motive on the inside. Now, this is going to be some deep insight for some people. But the part that was crazy was. For the first six years of her life, I loved her like a dad is supposed to love his daughter. I, you know, I just wanted to hug her and kiss her and let her know and shower her with love. But the crazy part was the ulterior motive was I was trying to get back at my dad in the process of loving her. 
and this is the part that was crazy he was dead i was trying to love my daughter and at the same time get back at him now you know that's twisted but at the same time i'm just you know i love being transparent and honest with you guys so every time i would hug her i'd be like see i'm doing something you didn't give me you know i would kiss her you know that's what you weren't doing for me you didn't tell me you love me i'm gonna tell my baby girl i love her and it was just crazy that even though i was doing everything on the outside right but it was like at six years old it hit me that i was like lord i'm trying to get back at my dad by loving my daughter i was like what in the world is wrong with this but i think we have to really watch the ulterior motive of why we do what we do she deserved every bit of the love that she got but i it was crazy to think that in the back of my mind i was trying to get back at my dad because every child i firmly believe needs their dad in one way or another because you have their dna so part of the the good things and the bad things that we do as dads and that that kid has in them they won't know the fullness of what that is if they don't know their dad and, and getting a chance to ask them any and every kind of question that they want to ask so one of the questions i would like to ask my baby girl is what traits do you think you got from me good and bad a lot of good i'll say that my outgoingness is definitely from you um i i have friends from the third grade that haven't seen you from since the third grade that are still like how's your dad i still remember like the, the biggest hug that he would give me he looks like michael jordan he was always so outgoing i remember him on the field trip so i feel like i sometimes have that impression on people too just being really outgoing yeah. mm -hmm. and being able to easily love on people and i think i got that from you um i think i also got well i mean i a little bit of both because I, sometimes i can be extra laid back mm. <laughs> and i know that i get that from you because i know that there's been times even as a teenager where i'd be like can my dad like put some pep in his step can he care a little <laughs> bit more like, you know but but um yeah so the laid backness definitely my relationship with god definitely got that from you um like you've told me many times when i was in the womb you were hoping that i'd get your eyelashes so that's thank right you for these long eyelashes mm -hmm. and this nice caramel skin yes thank right you. that's right um bad things uh i i don't feel like i saw it firsthand but yeah. you've told me that you've had anger issues in yeah. your younger years and um i definitely as i was becoming an adult hadn't really learned how to process uh intense situations as an yeah. adult rather than a child so like the first few years in my 20s i feel like i definitely had some angrier moments or just acted out of anger and times mm -hmm. where i could have had my emotions maybe a little bit more under control but it's also a learning thing you know but, oh yeah yeah but yeah i've i've never seen it but i know there's been a handful of times where you're like yeah you know some something, something and then all i saw was red and then the next yeah, thing i know he's on boy. the ground or you know something. yeah so i've never seen that you know i've never seen uh pastor john bacon yeah. acting like that but <laughs> uh but yeah um yeah but i i think mostly good things like i i love being your daughter like i feel so proud to be your daughter just like I said, because of the amount of people that have met you or people that I haven't met before that are like, mm -hmm. oh my gosh, you're John Bacon's daughter. Like just go, or like going to little food trucks or coffee shops around town and somebody will hear that my last name is Bacon. And they're like, oh, do you know John Bacon? I'm like, yeah, that's mm -hmm. my dad. And then yeah. I feel like I immediately am in the cool kids club because, mm -hmm. you know, you've already laid the groundwork that you know, we're all right. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Now, did you feel any pressure from being uh, a, pre a preacher's kid? 
Okay. Um, no, I really didn't. Um, I know that that's a thing where it's like, oh, the preacher's yeah. kids always want to act out, and I'm not going to sit here and act like I was perfect, mm. but I don't feel like I ever wanted to like lash out or act extra crazy or like do anything like that. I feel like I really had a good time at church. We grew up at Agape and um, had such a good church family yes, there that did, I didn't feel like I was dreading going to church. I thoroughly enjoyed it. And it was, you know, one of the few places in Tucson where I would see a building full of beautiful black people. Yes, so I, I yes, loved going yes. to church and it just helped to, again, fortify and, and create that great relationship with God because it, it wasn't just the relationship with God. It was also that sense of community and, um, uh, you know, just having mm -hmm. all your church family there. So, yeah. uh, so I felt like because I had, you know, all my other church friends, you know, mm -hmm. from the princess parties, shout out the princess parties. Yes, yes, yes. Um, that like I had a group of people who were on the straight and narrow. Not gonna say I don't even want to say straight and narrow. Like we would just all had a good head on yeah. our shoulders. Yeah. You know, I'm not gonna say that we didn't. You know, try to have a sip of beer here and there. Or, you know, mm -hmm. something. But I think we all, because we had, you know, such a good foundation and such a beautiful church family that. I didn't feel any pressure to act really good or, mm. um, yeah, I just felt like I was, I was able to just be myself. Like we yeah. have, we have had such a good relationship that I've never felt like I can't be honest with you or, yeah. uh, just kind of let you know like how I'm feeling. So mm -hmm. that's always been no, nice. I'm grateful. So brothers, I know a couple of the things that we've talked about, uh, so far in the episode is, is one of the things I would love for you to do. And I don't want you to just do this with your girls, but I also want you to do, do this with your sons too. It's have a, a daddy, daughter, daddy, son, uh, date night, you know, please do that brothers. Cause I want you to, I want your girls to see the standard of what it is for her to be loved by a man the way she deserves to be loved. I think that's really important. Now I will admit, uh, I did go overboard with all of the, uh, Disney on Ice, uh, the circus, uh, all the new movies that came out. Uh, and to be honest with y'all, I'm just telling y'all the truth now. I, you know, I'm being transparent. Uh, the reason why I took my kids to all those movies is because I really wanted to see the movie myself, and I used my kids as an excuse to go see the movie. So when you know, when and, you know, Toy Story came out or something of that nature, I was the one that really wanted to go see the movie. But I would entice my kids to believe that we really was going because you know I wanted them to see the movie. But yeah, we went to we did a whole lot at the beginning of our uh, raising the kids, and it, it, I'm, I will never regret. And I wish they still had a lot of the stuff that we had when they was kids. You know, but I think that was really important. Uh, I will say one thing I really enjoyed, too, mm -hmm. um, is like not only just like how to look at myself when it comes to relationships, but like especially one because I'm the oldest once more kids kept coming into the picture. I definitely always remember the times where it was just me and you or just me and mom. So it was nice that we would still get to pull away from the rest of the kids. Yeah. And I felt like I still had. My daddy, my dad time, yeah. like, you know, I've, I've always felt like I was the special one, but I'm, you know, everybody got those little dates, but I really appreciated that it wasn't just always taking all the kids out together, mm -hmm. that I really got my one-on-one -on -one time with you, yeah. <laughs> because sometimes my biggest stressors in life at the time were my other siblings, yeah. so sometimes <laughs> I needed to get away right. from them and hang out right. with just you, so I... If you got a lot of kids, just take them out one at a time. They, yes. they need a break from each yes, other. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes, and we had, we had... uh so I had uh, Cece with her mom, and then uh, my ex, she had two kids when we got married, and then we had three kids in the marriage. So it was six all together. So it was, it was kids, 
man on top of kids but the cool part was uh we did have that individual times together you know and I, i'll never regret that super uh grateful for those times that we got a chance to pull away and that's what i wanted to learn each kid because that's one of the the key ingredients i would tell any dad is man it ain't cookie cutter bro it's it, each kid is super different and you ought to treat them that way and stay super open to how uh they need to be loved that's a big one man don't love them the way you want to love them love them the way they need to be loved because it says in uh, the word of god train up a child in the way they should go so see if you see a child going in a direction that you know that that's really good for them guess what you i want you to be there as a number one cheerleader put pushing them on and and i ain't gonna say pushing but just cheering them on to go where they, they it is that they're being led by and god gave each one of them a gift so it's just beautiful to be able to study them and see the gifts that each child has man and really uh pull that that gifting out so uh another question i would like to ask you darling is if you could do anything differently when you have your kids what would you do Ooh, okay so this is if you had where the criticism yeah, yeah, come comes on in. in come in come in <laughs> give it to me because i want my brothers to hear this uh i feel like you're a phenomenal father mm-hmm. and an especially phenomenal father to young kids and i feel like once i became an adult that's where it was like I don't really know. I, I feel like I was still supported by you, yeah, but yeah. I feel like I needed a little bit more hand-holding. But yeah. I, I feel like, and mom has even told me this too, like, you seemed like you were good. So we just were like, go ahead and fly. <laughs> so, but you know. Right. And you know, I've even briefly chatted with some of the other siblings too. Yeah. Just, you know, and trying to find that balance between like, we know you had to raise all of us and I'm sure you're you ready to enjoy your life and, and all that too. But <laughs> yeah. I think that's the, the main thing that I would want to work i would want to do everything that you did the same um but just like make sure once my kids turn 18 or start to get out the house that there's mm-hmm. still a little bit of um like helicoptering over them just yeah. to like make sure they're good and i probably would have rolled my eyes the whole time had you done it <laughs> right, but i think right. that sometimes uh I, maybe i learned a few harder lessons because i was also feeling like okay if they think i'm good then i think i'm good too i don't need to ask for help so just mm-hmm maybe could have avoided a few little speed bumps. Yeah, but, definitely. But then, again, like I said, I've, I've never been, like, upset about it, just understanding and knowing that I'm the oldest and, like, I need help with buying a car, but you also have to change Naomi's diaper at the same time. <laughs> so it's like, <laughs> right, you know, there's, right. there's a lot going on. So I think that's the only criticism or, like, yeah. thing that I would, like, take away. Um, and then... Uh, more va- more vacations with my kids. Yeah. Uh, but I'm also not going to have six kids, so I right. can afford vacations <laughs> with my kids. <laughs> right on. Right uh, on. But, but you know what? Even though I say, like, vacations, even some of the biggest, like, memories that stick out from our mm. kids is, like, probably the stuff that didn't cost the most. Like, yeah. getting the bread that was almost expired at Intamin's and, like, ah, going yeah. to the park and feeding mm-hmm. the, ducks the ducks. And, like, yeah. I think... I cherish those memories just as much as I cherish Disney Princess on Ice and, mm-hmm. and all that stuff going to the circus. So, yeah, I think it's, it's just those quality time, those those quality moments over like how much you're spending or like really yeah. the, the fanfare and all that. Because even um, every time I drive past a Dairy Queen and I get a peanut butter parfait, I'm like, dang, this just reminds me of <laughs> me and dad after church getting a peanut butter parfait. Mm-hmm. Or, yeah, or even when you used to, uh, dad used to, uh, do some janitorial work on the side yeah. for my grandpa and um, 
even though he was cleaning, he would bring me along and, you know, it was just still time for us to hang out and um, it was just special. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad y'all heard that, brothers, because I don't want you going broke thinking that, you know, you got to spend all this money. Uh, it's, it's, it's there. Now, don't get me wrong. They, they take them out and spoil them, man. But at the same time, a lot of times it's the, the, the fun times it's the, and the intimate times is really, you know, inexpensive. And it's just, uh, just being there. I think that is so pivotal is being there. Please be there the best that you can for your, uh, your babies. Okay, so I have some questions for you. Okay, come on, girl. All right, so um, how do you feel being a dad and the most important lesson on being a dad? I, I think one of the greatest gifts that God gave me on this planet is, is being a dad. I mean, I really treasured and uh, appreciated. I know one of the things that I was... Uh, super grateful for is I knew at a young age I really did the first thing I ever knew that I was going to be great at was being a dad I think the the this is where I love telling people please get paid for your pain please get paid for your pain because the pain that I felt when my dad wasn't there for me I might have seen my dad you know six months out of the 21 years that that uh I was he was alive you know during our, our time together and that was heartbreaking. Now, at the end, we was at our closest, so I have to say that. But it was so much time in between that it was still a little bit of bitterness, and that's what you know. That's where the anger came from, the anger management classes that needed to be taken, and things of that nature. So, I think that would be a lesson I would tell brothers: is, is man, enjoy every moment. Uh, I definitely would tell brothers because back at, in our day, when I was growing up. <clears throat> A lot of men would wait till the kids could walk and talk and really want to spend more time with the kids. And I was like, nah, brother, listen here. Soon as you find out that they are in the womb of this young lady that uh, is about to give birth, start talking to them. Start, you know, if you don't have to do, do nothing but get a book and read poetry to them, sing them some songs, uh, tell them how awesome they are in the womb. And as they come out, continue to do that same process the whole time. Uh, one of the things that that is hard sometimes is not being able to spend as much time with the kids now, you know, because guess what? They're not kids anymore. They're adults. So, you know, I think that's the thing about it with our kids being all over everywhere uh, for the most part, you know, that they, you know, they got they, they lives to live. And I think I feel like sometimes I would be in the way. And that's just one of my own, you know, personal things. And that's beautiful. Me hearing my daughter say, you know, guess what? A little bit more time. Uh, together would be even better so I think that the hoover and over I was like okay because <laughs> I was thinking about myself when I was 21 man I'm a damn man I'm grown dog I don't need nobody I, I'm gonna get the hell up out of this house and I'm gonna go do what I got to do you know so it was one of those you know uh scenarios but it's so beautiful you know to be able to text my kids you know as soon as it, something cross comes across my mind take some scripture take some something motivational uh to know that uh the oldest son, you know, an hour after game is over and he he's playing basketball over in Greece. He'll call me after a game. And it's fun knowing that those times still exist. You know, we just came from our uh, the youngest baby boys uh, graduation yesterday. and We had such a great time together as a family. And it's, it's just those moments of knowing that, man, being a dad is it's a wonderful privilege. It's not a, it's not a job. It's a wonderful privilege. 
I'm super grateful for the, the opportunity to be able to do that. So another question I have is how did you work other than just being a dad, how did you mm. work through um, some of your anger towards your dad? And I imagine that there's even probably an added layer because you're your dad's namesake. Yeah. So to be John Bacon Jr. Yeah. and to only see your dad six months, I'm sure that probably was an added layer of yeah. frustration to be yeah. like, man, I'm I'm you, like I'm your name. So yeah. uh, what do you uh, do you think there was anything else that helped you to process that? And how long do you think it took really to be like okay i'm okay with the situation of me and my father yeah i think it honestly took till 30 to be honest with you uh you know from i had just moved out to tucson arizona when i turned 21 i think it was like two weeks later uh gave my life to the lord but at the same time i gave my life to the lord i was out there you know being buck wild acting fool so it was a it was really challenging you know because i'm i'm up there drinking i'm out there doing cocaine and, and smoking some weed and then find out that my baby girl was coming and i was like okay this has got to we got to cut this one out right now you know so that's where i love just the thought of her coming on this planet it made me want to stop being so damn selfish and take the thought off uh thought off myself but this i still had the anger after i stopped doing uh drugs and, and drinking at to, at 24 from, but from 24 to 30 was still a struggle because I still had the anger. I still had the bitterness. I remember going behind the building. You know, she said I cleaned the office buildings, which I did. And it would be times I would go behind the office building and park my car in an empty parking lot and just holler at God. I mean, cussing him out. I'm going off having moments. And that was part of my my processing. And then at 30, I actually took a, a anger management class at our church. And that was such a blessing because it got to the deeper issues of guess what? I was having daddy issues and that was part of the anger. And part of the anger is insecurity. Uh, part of the anger is uh, uh, not being wanted. Part of the anger is uh, shame, uh, guilt. And we can go on and on because so, so anger is never the real issue. Anger is the, is the, the iceberg, the tip of the iceberg when it's the, all the other stuff that's up under anger that stops a lot of people from uh, getting the healing and the deliverance that they need because they, they see the anger and the anger is a cover up because anger, you know, sometimes if we be honest and tell the truth, you know, we begin rewarded by anger because the person that we argue with will feel, you know, uh, less of themselves. So that that gives us the fake feeling of uh we have some power so part of that we think and be we being rewarded from anger when all in all actuality it's making us be a, a butthole honestly because we got to come back and ask for forgiveness and, and clear that whole thing up but that anger seems like at the moment it seems like a power struggle so going to uh anger management classes at 30 was such a revelation for me uh, dealing with the deeper issues of the anger, getting over that with my dad and getting over the insecurities, the hurts, uh, understanding that when I wrote my first book, uh, so many people were giving me praise and, and accolades and stuff like that. But it was still one person's voice I wanted to hear that said, good job, son. And that was my dad. And I'm super grateful for the men at my church because they took the place of my dad. And I was grateful that they were there, the older men. To say, you know what, son, you did a good job. You know, probably if your dad was, you know, alive, he probably would, you know, give you the kudos. But, you know, since he can't be here, we're going to do it, you know. And that helped a whole lot. That helped a lot. Nice. Yes. Nice. So what's been the biggest challenges for you 
uh, being in your thirties? What, what's the because the challenges I had was you know you know trying to raise family, you know the anger dealing with all that other stuff. But I was thinking about like man, what are the challenges does my baby have? Well, I'm very barely in my thirties. Let's be yes, very yes, clear yes, about yes, that. Yes, yes, yes. But um, <laughs> I think it hasn't been as many challenges as there's been like clarifying moments. Mm-hmm. I think a lot in my twenties I was, and I think you're supposed to do this in your twenties. You got to figure things out. You got to try things. Mm -hmm. And even if you don't know what you do want to do, you at least got to try things to figure out what you don't want to do. Yeah. So I was really afraid that when I turned 30, that I was going to feel like, Oh my gosh, you know, I, I currently don't have children. I'm not married right now. Like I'm not a homeowner. And like, I do think about those things sometimes, but it, it didn't pile up on me. Like I thought it would. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of, like societal norms and things have changed. So like, you know, it's not really expected that women just hurry up and go off and get married and stuff like that. So really it's just been more of focusing on who I am. I've gone to therapy and um, spoken a lot about like setting my boundaries because I didn't feel like I really had a lot when Mm -hmm. I was in my twenties. And I I think I was just trying to a a little bit of people pleasing and then a lot of, you know, some being naive, Mm -hmm. you know, moments and things like that, but setting my boundaries and figuring out, um, what my values are have really helped me in my thirties. Um, and I, even when my therapist first asked me, what are your values? I didn't even know how to answer that question. And right, I feel, right. still feel sometimes challenged in answering that question, but there's been a few times in my life where something has come up and I've had to stand my ground or stand up for myself or stand up for somebody else. Mm-hmm. And it's felt so good afterwards because yeah. I know like, okay, this is my value. Like yeah. this is something that I, I truly value. And some of the situations have been like standing up for children or standing mm-hmm. up for um, a woman that's in an abusive relationship or yeah. just things like that, that um, are, are challenging. But then when you come on the other end of it and because I've had to raise my voice and you know, I've said like, mm-hmm. um, I've also gone to therapy for anger and trying to find that balance between like, okay, I'm not getting angry, I'm standing up for myself. And mm-hmm. just like you say, mm-hmm. anger is not, the actual yeah. thing that you're dealing with. It's like, okay, what's underneath? Like, you know, it's, it's my boundary or my value being crossed. Yeah. So now I need to assert myself, be assertive, right not, not angry. Come on. Um, and I think that's hard as a, as a woman too, um, mm-hmm. to be assertive and not feel like you're, you know, being a bot, like being bossy or just, you know, being told that that's not very womanly like of you or, you know, something like that. It's just, some of those norms we've had to let go of and mm. and i do feel like therapy has helped and then also just reminding myself like who i am and god and mm. um has really been helpful for me i feel like each year that i get older i'm happy to get older you know like yeah, I, i'm yeah. starting to see the wrinkles on my face and there's a crick in my neck right now as i'm looking over <laughs> at you but but i really am uh I'm happy to get older. I'm happy that I'm gaining more wisdom. Yeah. I'm glad that I uh, give less dams. Sorry that that's not, but you know, I I feel like I used to care too much and now Mm. I know what to spend my energy caring on and, and what's not worth my energy. So I I think that's, and I'm still working through a lot of that. So, Mm -hmm. but I feel like my thirties has been less challenges and more, more clarity. Right. Oh, I I love hearing that. I wish I could have been like that when I was (laughs) that age, but Hey, you know, still learning. I'm still learning in my fitties. Still learning in my fitties. Uh, so this is what I would like to close on. So, uh, if you could tell young men and, 
uh, I almost want to say two-parters. Uh, if you could tell young men that are becoming dads or are young dads, uh, what is the greatest thing you think they could give their kids? Mm. Uh, quality time. Mm-hmm. And to let to choose them over and over again yeah. like just like people say in relationships like in marriages yeah. like that's it's choosing your partner over and over yeah. again i think as a kid you need to be chosen and especially in today's world because um and this is like a whole nother topic we're about to go on but like <laughs> you've been married twice yes. to people that are not my mom mm-hmm. and while i don't in any way shape or form feel like you and my mom need to be together uh and i'm super happy that diana is in your life because i've never seen you so happy Thank there you. is an element of i've known you longer yeah like i was here first right, right so there i think but you um i think balance it really well by being like this is my this is my baby my sugar my my jalapeno sugar mm-hmm. like i i know that she's right but i also feel like i'm just as important and yeah. i I feel like I was always scared each new relationship that came in that I would be like, I'm not my dad's favorite anymore. Or like, you know, but mm-hmm. I get to share being the favorite with Diana. Yeah. So sorry, all the rest of the kids yeah. tell you that you guys <laughs> had to find out this way. But yeah, so that's, that's one thing that um, I do appreciate that. Like you always let it known that like, um, and in the times that you've shown up, Oh, when I haven't even asked you to, cause I felt like, Cause I felt like I'm grown now. And like, even this morning, I felt like, because I wasn't comfortable, I just had to figure it out myself. And I almost didn't want to even say anything. Mm-hmm. And I just really appreciate that we have that relationship where I couldn't find the words. I couldn't find the words this morning, but I t- could tell you that I needed a hug and mm-hmm. just having that embrace. And then being able to talk to you guys afterwards. Yeah. Like, I needed that when I was 10 and I needed at I needed at 32 sometimes too. So, I'm I'm always thankful that um we have that open line of communication because um I feel like it would have been a disservice if I just would have left this morning and tried to figure it out and not mm-hmm. say anything feeling like I'm an adult I need to figure this out myself like I'm I'm still able to lean on you and tell you that I'm struggling or having a a rough time and um I love that you don't try to fix it for me, that you just give me options or sometimes just listen to me. And um, so, yeah, I, I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Man, man. Talking about a brother feeling good up up in here, boy. <laughs> Shoot. Oh, man. This has been a wonderful episode. I am so grateful that my baby uh, took the invitation that I gave her to come do this podcast. So I really appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure. Yes. And this won't be the last time. So, uh, brothers, please, every lesson you could have learned, pull over to the side of the road. I know you had some of them tears in your eyes. So please do me a favor. Listen to this podcast. This is, this is a celebration of you brother, uh, to make sure you do the right thing and, and give your kids the best of you that you can possibly give them. This is your boy, John Bacon, with another segment of Bacon Bits. I love you guys dearly. God bless. All right. What's up, family? It's your boy, John Bacon from the Bacon Bits podcast. Thank you so much for your support, likes, and ratings. Please don't just listen, but rate me, follow me, and subscribe. This is an amazing way to offer free support. My beautiful queen and I have some books that we have written for your growth. 
So the first book we have is a workbook, actually. It's called Healthy Relationships, and this is a workbook through the lens of faith because what makes a relationship healthy or unhealthy? So this workbook is designed, it's a 12-week, it's a biblically grounded course, and every week has a, a few different principles. So some of our principles, some of our topics that we're covering are respect, uh, cultivating security. And this is not just between a husband and wife, this is between parents, between siblings, between friends, between your bosses, employers. So it's really important and everyone deserves a healthy relationship. And also we have The Balanced Life by John Bacon. It covers how to be prosperous in your finances, relationships, your health, your mind, and your spirit. So you can pick that up on Amazon, also on audiobook. And we also have The Unraveling, a creative healing journal, pinings, poems, prayers, and ponderings of my precarious life. Um, I've had a testimony of uh, I've had two brain tumors and two brain surgeries and I'm super grateful but I'm still grieving the process of healing and this is part of the process in this book you have devotionals you have prayers and you have some ponderings and in between these pages there's a space for you to also be prompted to paint and to create uh, your own or maybe you want to write something in these books this is part of your creative healing journal that we get to walk through together and you guys can just head over to kingdom servants first Kingdom Servants, the number one, st.com. And you can purchase all three of these books. Thank you for your support, your love, and your contributions. God bless.